Welcome to Stop Surviving, Start Thriving, Episode 1 with Kirk Pixton. Why don't you start off telling us who you were before everything went wrong and, and why you decided to set up a radio station? Oh, uh, right. that's really interesting, that, because um, I could go right back. But in 2010, I discovered I was dyslexic. Okay. I was in a very senior role in a corporate world, running, managing a £23 million a year business with 100-odd staff trainers, health and safety, finance team, basically a business, a big bit. If it was on its own, it'd be a big business. Yeah, and I was responsible for that. Discovered I was dyslexic. Um, I won't go into all the details, but I was getting flack from people that were supposed to be working with me, working for me, right. and was getting a lot of pressure from all angles. I, I was, up to that point in my career, was very suc- I was successful in that job as well. I right. uh, always um, developed teams, had award-winning teams, and I always smash the targets because I always looked at developing the people to get the best out of them, get them motivated. And, and as a result, we, we always hit our targets because we were all working for the same goal. So back in 2010, I was having trouble because I started writing a lot more reports than I've used to in any other roles. <clears throat> started highlighting some problems where I'd miss sentences in emails. Okay. I'd miss, I'd put where instead of were there. And then my grammar would be a bit out. But my ability to do my job was, I think, was brilliant. Anyway, right. so I started getting a lot of flack about that, and I started, and it got very frustrating. And in the end, cut a long story short, I decided to walk away from that highly paid role because it was making me feel very ill. I was at the point of having a nervous breakdown, <clears throat> and I couldn't carry on doing what I was doing. So I, I left corporate work world back in 2010, set up a business. Um, my business was is Dougie Stone, which is basically doing the things that I loved in the corporate world back in the day. I looked back at my career and went, what was the bit that I really enjoyed? And it was when I was on a job, I had a job that was called central support. In in real terms, it was like a troubleshooter. So I'd get a phone call from the from the MD on a Monday saying, pack your bag, you're going to Warrington, we've got a problem on X contract. Be there for a few weeks or whatever, turn things around, find out what was going on. Then it'd be like right, pack your bags, you go into this contract for another period because we've got issues with communication. Is, is, that, is that the same sort of stuff that I used to do? In, I wasn't in corporate, but I worked with corporates doing basically um, reviewing the company and working out where the problems were. Yeah, very similar. Very, very similar to, yeah, yeah, very similar. Corporate to, advisory work, basically. Yeah, looking where they were having problems and going and... Uh, because my background, I've got, I've worked on lots of things and I've worked on automation, I've worked on the standard stuff. I've, I've interacted with loads of different sort of products and services. Right. So you, you pull on that experience and take it in. And at the end of the day, people, whatever, however you look at it, the business is made a couple, two, couple, a couple of things, but two of the main areas when you've got problems is people and process. And you, if, you've, if you've got people, yeah, people yeah. and process. The people, right? And the process right and there's all of the stuff as well and all the rest of it but in simplistic terms get those things right and everything else is, is, is a lot from, more from, an, from an advisor's point of view i'll flip that on its head and say everything in the business can be going well unless you've got those two things not right mm. so there you are then you're this is 2000 and what 2012 now we're into you're going along quite happily with this yeah doing my business yeah, I, mean, I got I got contractors after my three months gardening leave because obviously you have to do that when you're in corporate world. Um, and, I, and, I, and I found that I was dyslexic, so I did what I, any logical dyslexic would do, and I went to university as well. 
to do a master's <laughs> to do a master's degree in global entrepreneurship, but Why my not? my uh, dissertation was are dyslexics predisposed entrepreneurs because i really wanted to and this will come further as we go i really wanted to understand what i'd gone through and if i'd gone through it there must be thousands of people out there gone through something similar and i find a way to stop that happening and 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 understand it so i I did a master's degree which was quite interesting for a dyslexic challenging very challenging i i get i'm not i'm an alcoholic or anything like that but i actually stopped drinking for six months whilst i was doing my dissertation because it clouds you clouds you the way you're thinking and it used to anything that took me away from it struggled so i stopped drinking i didn't touch a drop of alcohol for for six months and really focused on it because i couldn't focus the next day i'd be like oh you know you know i mean it's really so i cut took that out of my my existence for six months uh yeah so yeah, so so, we what, year, what, we, what year were you in now then? You've, you've got your masters. You, you graduated, I assume. Yeah, you've I graduated in uh, so about around about 2012. I graduated with a master's degree, okay. something around there anyway. And I've got numerous numerous contracts. I've worked for numerous companies. Turn around, turn around a business that had been given four weeks notice by their client because of service performance. Right. They told me well, you need to turn it around in four weeks. So I did swear at them and told them they were absolutely off the rockers with some sweat expletives uh but in first four weeks we stabilized it and then within within 12 months after doing that we we secured another three million pound contracts or they did after the improvements that i put in place once i'd left so yeah great loads of great stuff like that you know and um some really interesting project what happened well what happened and then in in the in the meantime i was i'd done my master's degree i'm trying to get raise awareness of uh uh, dyslexia so right. like anybody out there and people listen to this podcast oh i want to be on the radio i want to be on bbc or i want to do this and i want to do that i want to be on tv i've got a great story everyone needs to know about it truth people no one gives a rat's bottom about your story about your business or about your just because you're passionate about that nobody gives a rat's bottom about it they don't care couldn't care less no one could care less about you or your business so me being me and me being a dyslexic and me being very resilient i went well screw you if i can't be on the bbc i'll create my own i'll create my own podcast yeah i'll do podcasting so i taught myself to podcast yeah yeah so i started i started a podcast and i started podcasting on dyslexia so i'd interview people on adversity dyslexia in business the reason being why you think why put them three together if i just did a podcast on dyslexia the only people that are going to listen to it is dyslexics or parents of dyslexics right. simple as that no one's interested so if i bring some other stories in this sort of it, the, it it gets it to a wider audience so i started doing the podcasting and I couldn't give you the dates, the exact date, but I started podcasting. And if you remember before I told you that I wanted to be on the BBC and they didn't want to know and email people, after doing, I was about to stop doing my podcasting because I was getting a bit frustrated with it. And uh, I got, and I was having a conversation with someone in the car and I said, I'm going to stop podcasting. I'm fed up with that. Wasting my time here. Wasting my time doing it. And that, literally within seconds of me saying that the phone rang was in the car going to a conference and it was the bbc can you come in on saturday it's uh, dyslexia week and we wanted the british dyslexia association to come in and they can't come in but we've found your podcast about dyslexia so can you come in and have a chat with us <laughs> you could make it up could you you could make it up so you don't know who's listening to your stuff when you've got it out there i'm about to look so, lots of stuff going on. I'm spinning lots of plates. I'm doing something that I'm good at, which is right. improving businesses. I'm doing some of that I want. I'm trying to do as well, which is the, the 
dyslexia and trying to do a bit of public speaking and things like that and enjoy you know enjoying enjoying that not necessarily enjoying the business potentially the business improvement because it's not my passion i can do it and it's not my passion right. it's good work and earn money it's my bread i can earn, you know i could go and do it actually i'm looking at it at the moment as a as a, a, a thing to do but anyway it's not the thing that floats me boat but it's the thing that i can do and i'm, I'm good at right. so um pays the bills as it were yeah, pays the bills and, and then I did a bit of a someone asked me a question about why am I doing what I'm doing and you don't seem something why would ask me a question why would you put on this planet and I got quite emotional because no one had ever asked me that question before um and I, and something just I didn't even without even the split second I just said because I made to change it and she went right so unbelievable and uh come home and had a discussion with my wife and I said, um, you know, the dyslexia stuff, I really want to get it rocking and I'm doing this. I've been asked this question. She said, well, why aren't you focused on that then? Um, and it, so from doing that, I ended up stopping doing the, the business improvement stuff that I was doing for my business or on dyslexia and the podcasting and, and doing the things that I wanted to do. Okay. Yep. Um, and... When I was younger, there was two things I wanted to be when I was when I was when I was at school. One was a copper, uh, a police officer, uh, to be politically correct. So, uh, and the other thing I wanted to be was a DJ. And then, uh, you know, back then, is uh, anyway. There were the two things that I really was thinking when I was younger. And so I'm doing this podcast, and I guess, and uh, I, I met so, I met someone, and ended, ended up I was wanting to do radio, so I ended up doing a live radio show. Uh, I recorded a radio show, and then went to a live radio show on, on another radio on a radio station. Mm. And I absolutely loved it. I spent a lot of time, virtually my business, I, I stopped doing any of my business. I was focusing on this thing that I was really passionate about, but virtually seven days a week, living and breathing, eating, radio, right. the radio and the podcasting and the audio stuff and learning more and more about that. And um, I thought, this is a bit crazy because I'm spending all this time on it and I'm not generating any revenue. I'm not generating any wages. I'm, I'm loving it. Hang on a minute, this is a bit bonkers. So that's where, that's sort of... That's a sort of a bit of a snapshot of a brief okay. stepping time for the last, so, that, that's about, what's that? Seven years. That's about seven years. But there's right. lots of stuff going on in that. But. So what, what, what I want to pick up on there though, is that you've, you've kind of already gone through a, a changing moment there when the dyslexia became, I, I get whether it's that you got promoted in the corporate world to the, to the sort of highest level of your incompetence as it were, where, any higher the reports started to be generated were making mistakes and people were because you were coming up people were noticing the problems more yeah. um and you decided which is quite unusual just to say well jack it in then i'll do something else yeah because i was very low mate i was i was i was physically felt physically sick going out in the morning yeah it's it's, it's okay. a tough one it's, it's really tough I and mean, it you know because Anyway, it was it it was it was for me it was bad. Anyway, I didn't, I didn't enjoy. I'd never experienced anything. I'd never experienced that. That, that, that was almost your first life change. You think, okay, I've gone through this life change. I'm now doing something that I'm good at, which is my yeah, business. Yeah. I'm not really passionate about it. You, it's like me with fixing company. I love fixing companies. I'm very passionate about it. But I get more excited about the sales side of it because that's yeah. my passion. I just I just love it, and I love mm -hmm. speaking. So of course, any time I get to speak, I, I love that. But as you say, the stuff that I was doing before was paying the bills. So I, when I was selling investments, was I good at it? Incredibly. Was I making lots of money? Stupidly. Yeah. But I wasn't passionate about it. It wasn't, it wasn't doing anything that, that was anything good for anybody. You, you know what I mean? 
And that's why yeah, yeah, yeah. the fact of it now. So you've gone through those changes, which most people don't. Most people just plod on along in their life and get anxiety and depression and lose their hair. Uh, yeah. Okay. Oh, scratch that one. But you know what I mean. They they go through it, and and but you didn't. You you rebelled in a, in in essence. You went your own way, did your own thing. So that's all yeah. going great. You've got your MBA. You're now dicking around in radio and not getting paid for it. The business. Yeah. Would you say the business was suffering, or you made a conscious decision to leave? The oh, <laughs> yeah, I sort of just didn't. Well, didn't seek oh. any. It's, it's it's complex. We've been getting to a lot of things because me because we've got a business. We've got a consultancy business. Right. Make it. We may also made a decision because. My, my lad was being picked up by a child minder. The dog was getting walked. We was having someone clean the house. And we were both earning plenty of cash. We were both right. like, this is nuts. This is nuts. Yeah. We're both working. So we said, well, one of, us, one of us should bring our son up. So I said, I'd love to do I'd love to do that. Um, Sandra was, you know, really into the corporate stuff and really loving and all that. So she carried on doing that consultancy. <clears throat> so I ended up with a contract actually I was still working I ended up with a contract where I was working two to six days a month I was on a retainer so I still had a contract I was still working but I wasn't does that make sense so I was, I was okay and um but the yeah I wasn't looking for any more business and I wasn't thinking oh when they, if this one ends I'll end up I'll get another one that actually contract I was doing that for five years two okay. to ten days a, a month so I was still working but not Five days yeah, what retirement is, isn't it? It's paying the bills and doing what you want to do on the side. Yeah, it was good. It was really good. It was good. It was bringing up enough for, for me to do what I wanted to do, and it's keeping. But what I'm saying is that the amount of time I was putting into these the radio station wasn't generating anything. When I thought this is nuts, I'm doing all this. It's right. like you could be, become a. But you could be playing golf, of course, or something else. Yeah, or whatever. I'll do my own thing. Yeah. So anyway, that's so that, that's that's where I was. So where are we now? In two thousand and seventeen. Seventeen to seventeen. Yeah, two seventeen. So three years ago. Okay. And then uh, I, I had this crazy idea one morning. I says, uh, "Let's set our own radio station. Let's do something a bit different. Let's turn it into a viable business. Let's do something that." You know, let's not be constricted by someone else and someone else's ideas, and let's do our own thing. So that's what we did. Two thousand and seventeen, set up Dougie Stone Radio. Okay. Hmm. Awesome. Because I've gone from podcasting, I've gone to doing live shows, and really enjoyed doing the live shows. As I said, you know, I just really enjoyed what I was doing, and uh, yeah, thought we'll, we'll do something a bit different. So okay. yeah, everything's yeah good, all, all good. Everything's ticking. So you're organized. in your what, third year now, then? Yeah, running up to year three now. Cool. And it's tough. It's tough for people out there who've got business. I've wanted to jack it in several times in the last two years. And, yeah. and you know, even at Christmas, I was like, well, oh, what's going on here? You know, what we're doing? Is it the right thing? And I keep thinking about why I'm doing it and go and then keep plowing on. Yeah. But it's tough. It's tough to get people to, to invest in you sure. or to buy into your services and it's you know it's coming on it's ticking over nicely but it's not giving me it's not currently where i want it to be it's not giving me the the type of throughput that i want the type of revenue that i need and uh, it all takes time doesn't it It takes up to six years for a business to become really viable as a business there's for me there's several factors when you're in your own business the first one is it's you you know and it's, it's all very well to be the boss um on a good day, but when things are going wrong, when you're having a bad day, when when the revenues aren't quite right, there's no one to turn around to and go, what what should we do now? I think far and above that for, for anybody in business, it's fucking lonely. Because yeah. you don't have that support team of of 
same level or higher ups that you can go to and say, hey, what did you do in this situation? And we're here. What do you recommend? What should we do? You don't have regular board meetings with yourself. Um, yeah. Yeah, and if you do, it's quite boring. It's just you and a cup of tea and a notepad going, oh, shit, I'll go on Facebook for a bit. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. I mean, we have got a, t- we have got a team, so it right. does, there is that. But, yeah, you're right. There's not the – when I was in corporate world, I could, I could contact one of my – counterparts are running similar size business say i'm in the mire with this what would you do with this i've having this problem and yeah. they go well actually why don't you do x y and z or i'll help you with this and i'll give you some resources or so yeah. there's the support so you miss that when you're in your own business i think people Absolutely. forget that and i think we get we get so used to fixing our own problems as business owners that we get very very bad at asking for that help yeah, well, you don't. You also what you don't want to do, and what a lot of people think as well is, if I if I expose expose my weakness or I'm vulnerable because of X, Y, and Z, and and yeah. my business, you I, I, you're trying to sell to people what you're doing, whether it's a product or a service. So the last thing you need to be doing to the outside world is say, do you know what? I'm not too. Business isn't too good at the minute, but actually, can you come and spend six hundred pound with me to do this course that I want you to? Because or whatever it is, or whatever you charge, you know what I mean. So there's a vulnerability there that people don't want to open it up because if you do, you you're fearful that you'll turn people away because actually, if you're not doing really very well in what you're doing, then it, this doesn't matter. Why would I want to work with you? But yeah. the, the things that can come along, and obviously one reason for the podcast, there's things that can come along that can affect you, that get you into that situation anyway. So last year, um, I was we was building the business, getting sponsors on board, started to do some. We did some training in January. You know, we had uh, five. We had about eight people in the room. We we was you know, developing some other things that was working on. Things were going. When I look back on last year, we, the the month on month was starting to grow, and we were starting to get more sponsors coming on board. Things when things I was like, I can see we're actually in year two, getting getting to right. a great place. This is brilliant. If we carry on replicating this over the over the next year, then great, we'll start hitting where we want to hit to. Right. And right. then life has a way of saying, ha ha. Let's pull you back. So in June last year, I had um, I woke up at three o'clock in the morning, thought I was being choked to death, and couldn't speak properly. And uh, up out of, the, out of the bed, my arm felt a bit weird, and I was I was trying to speak, and I was blah, 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 like this speaking. I thought this doesn't feel right. My right right hand side of my face felt a bit weird, and I thought I must have slept funny on my arm, and my face. This is not right. So for when I made a coffee like you do. I was in a bit of a daze, didn't know if I was dreaming or I was still asleep and I sat down on the couch and I was uh, drinking and I thought, I'm having a stroke. I am having, this is a stroke. I'm having a stroke. What do I do? My wife had not been sleeping very well, so I didn't, this is, she's gone ballistic at me afterwards. I thought, I don't really want to wake up at three o'clock in the morning because that's not really good. My lad's in bed and I thought to myself, how do I get to the hot, this is, honestly, this is serious, this. And I don't know because of the state I was in. How do I get to hospital without waking my family up? Could I, could I drive there? And I thought, better not drive because I think I'm having a stroke. How could do I get, how can I get, if I ring 999, do you think they'll come and like, I can get in and out of the house? <laughs> this seriously. And after 20 minutes of deliberating this conundrum and nothing was getting any better. And I'm thinking, yes, I'm definitely having a stroke. I woke my wife up and. Lo and behold, I got rushed to hospital and I ended up having now I'd had a TIA, which is a mini stroke. Wow. Um, so I had got that in June, which was 
which is very interesting. 24 hours later, I, I, I was a bit dazed for about a month and felt really weird. Any loud noise, I used to jump out of my skin and I couldn't cope with things, get very tired after sleeping. After a couple of hours in the morning, I have to go and lie on the couch and just have a sleep. And I just really, for a month, very weird. You've had a stroke, you've had a major life-changing event. But anyway, I'll recover. I've not lost any mobility. I've, I'm, I'm going to be all right. Change my diet, do a few other bits and bobs. But we need to send you for a brain scan and check you out and everything. They initially told me I hadn't had a stroke. They told me I'd had a hemiplegic migraine, which is all the symptoms of a stroke, but not stroke. And several weeks later, um, I get a phone call from a from guy at the hospital saying, you have had a stroke. You've had a TIA. And... Um, yeah, it's all right. Oh, right, okay. And I've just been operating as normal and wondering why I was so exhausted all the time. Um, and he went, and by the way, when we did the stroke, we need to bear the scan for the stroke. We need to bring you back in for another MRI with a contrast so we can do some more detail because we've, we've noticed something on your skull and on your brain that we're not too pleased about or a bit concerned about. So we'd like to do some more tests on you. So I'm dealing with a stroke at this point, which is fine. You know, it's fine. <laughs> you know, a lot of people give up, don't they? Then don't they got a stroke? Well, and I'm just yeah. carrying on, carrying yeah. on the best I can, um, and trying to manage things. And I didn't do as much on the radio as I was doing. I obviously wasn't doing any business development because I didn't have the energy. I had a very limited time window in the day when I could actually physically focus on stuff and, and had the energy. And cut long story short. I went, I was away on a, a bit of a trip, we had a bit of a trip away and I got a phone call from the uh, a neurosurgeon at um, Coventry Hospital saying, you need to come and see the neurosurgeon tomorrow. Can you be in the surgery tomorrow morning? Because we need to talk to you. I had that, that Saturday before I went into that, I'd had a full body scan. Uh, CT scan which obviously looking for cancer so I'm I'm in a bit of a con <laughs> me me stroke suddenly becomes irrelevant <laughs> in my in my mind in the situation so I go to see a neurosurgeon who says you've got this thing on your skull it's it's reacting with your brain it could be this and he, there's a term for it which which is not cancerous or it could be this and uh, we need to establish what it is. Um, the body scan came back as clear, so I had no cancer in my body, but the, we still had this problem on my skull, which um, he was pleased about because what it meant was it wasn't a secondary cancer, because if it was a secondary cancer, then they wouldn't even be entertaining me. And these are his exact words when he rung me to give me the good lad tidings that I didn't have any cancer in my body. It's fantastic news because you've not got cancer rest of your body. So all I need to do now is drill a hole in your skull and put the my little jigsaw in and remove your skull and replace it with epoxy resin. All That's good. good. We'll have you in in a few weeks and we'll get it sorted for you. Happy days. Have a great weekend. I'm, I'm, in some respects, I'm glad he was like that because that's how I was with him as an individual. So he's picked up on that and he was quite candid in his conversation. So I'm now sat there and my wife's beside herself because I've, I've got this thing on my skull, which could be cancer and I could be going into my brain. And you know what I mean? That's good night Vienna. I could die. Mm. And it's a quite surreal thing because what I had to do from then to then, and I mean, operation got cancelled a couple of times, but that's another issue. Yeah, I remember that. You've got to prepare yourself to 
go into this there's one of three things going to happen when you go into this operation because he said one of the risk is we operate on you and you have a stroke i've already had a stroke but i could end up with a full-blown stroke marvelous thank you you could end up with some brain down you could end up with all sorts of stuff so there was three outcomes that was going to happen one i'd go through the surgery come out the other end be 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 okay apart from having a major operation the second one i could have the operation it could affect me in a way where i could become incapacitated or not for the same person and the third one i could die because you could die from it yeah you die from any major operation especially when they fiddle yeah. about with your brain yeah so it, it's they say that's the difference between major and minor surgery don't they hmm. minor is when it's happening to someone else <laughs> yeah so so I, I spent several weeks if you, as you can imagine i've been thinking for seven several weeks that i, I might have cancer then i found out i'm having this operation so it's a long this it was a long time frame really yeah, and yeah. i think that's the worst worst for anything anyone going in, having anything major is firstly what is it have i got when you're waiting for results have i got cancer or a life you know i've got terminal disease sure. and then waiting for the, the the operation and the outcome from that so it, it's a very stressful time very stressful time for everything everybody really exactly. what is really surreal is when you have you start doing your power of attorney so that if something happens to you your brother and your wife can get into your bank accounts and when your wife says to you you need to write down all your passwords for all your online stuff your computer yeah. your phone yeah. your bank accounts when when people are thinking about that it's either because it's too late or the mm. shit just hit the fan and, and or it's about to yeah and yeah and, place to be in. and as we've got lots of joint bank we've got joint bank accounts we've got business with joint with directs on the business the whole, the whole thing would have ground to a halt so yeah. well that's a very, very surreal thing to do is yeah. do your power of attorney and then write down those things because basically what you're doing is preparing to die aren't you you're preparing that you're going to die and i actually did got to the point where I was okay with it. I was okay with it. I was okay that I was gonna, I was, yes and no okay with it. What I said was, I'm, I'm, You're prepared. I'm gonna go, I'm, I'm gonna die, I might die, yeah? And if I die, I die. I don't wanna die, but there's nothing I can do about it. It's out of my hands. And do you know what? Um, I, the one reason I didn't wanna die is I've got so much more to do, so much more to enjoy and so much more to do. And, and that was the, that's the thing that upset me more than anything is, whatever I was trying to achieve or trying to do in my life would stop. And that, that's the thing that got me most. Yeah. Um, and the most, the most surreal, one of the most surreal things was in, I'm in my studio now. And the day, the, the night that I was going to, to the hospital, I shut my cabin door and I thought I might never walk in there again. Wow. And that, 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 that genuinely is, that was uh, the real point where it hit me. And I thought, I'm going to never walk in there again. And uh, yeah, it's upsetting. It's upsetting now. No, yeah, I, I can hear it in your voice. I, I feel the, the, the emotion there. So, and that, 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 that sort of stuff is, is, I think, when you've gone through that, um, wh whatever level it's at, you, 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 you made a point earlier on, which is kind of the whole point of this podcast, which is you just kept going on. Um, because you did, and that the the there's a, a thing people can download um, that'll be attached to the to the podcast. That it's what I call the three mindsets of human being, and you've you've got the people who are victims. Whatever happens, I mean, stuff's happened to you. Stuff's happened to me. Um, a lot of people have said to you, I'm sure, how did you keep going? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Someone said you're very brave. I went, I'm not very brave. What I'm very stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Call it, call it dumb. <laughs> call it dumb, you know, or too stupid to give up. 
but but the option, and this is what I've said to people, you know, they, they said the same thing to me, oh, geez, you lost everything, how did you keep going? Well, sort of woke up the next day and, and, and did what had to be done. It wasn't brave, it wasn't smart, it wasn't intelligent, it was just, what's the what's the alternative I, and i still and i genuinely believe this i said to my wife and i said to her when it was happening i said i'm glad it's happening to me i'm glad it's me and not you or mm. miss or one of the sons you know what i mean yeah. i'm glad it's me because it's me you know and i don't want it i you hate it you? I'm, I'm dealing with it and actually at one point she said i had a tone someone on the phone saying he's putting a very brave face on it i wasn't putting a brave face on it i was i was i was I was prepared for it. I, you know, nothing I could do. I'm going to walk into this and, and see what happens. And I'll, I'll, either, I'll go to sleep and I'll either wake up or I won't. And, that's the, and, and I, I even said to the, the anaesthetist and the team that was around my bed as they were injecting me, whatever happens through those doors, thank you. Yeah. That's nice. That's nice. I think um, you, you, you hit the nail on the head there when you said putting a brave face on it. Um, accepting it and, and 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 going through it is part exactly part of what this 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 podcast is trying to get mm. to the bottom of what why is it that some i mean the the the, the third mindset in that in the three i call it i'm calling it it's gonna have a name now hasn't it it's gonna have it's gonna have clickbait ability so i'm calling it yeah. the three mindsets of humans being so yeah. i did that rather than human beings okay, I like um, that, I like that, yeah. and, and the middle one is the comfort zone and it is so so, I mean, I've been out in the UK most of my life. You're traveling around, blah, 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 whatever. Um, I've lived in countries where they get 500 pounds. I think 97% of the population in one of the countries I lived in earn less than 500 pounds a month as a family. Yeah. Um, and prices are very similar to Europe. So it's not like they've got everything cheaper than us. Um, and you, you go to places like that, and I've been in the States, and I've been in the Middle East, so I've seen lots of different cultures, and it is so obvious when you come back to the UK and look at it almost, I, I sort of see myself as looking at the world from the outside looking in. Mm. I, don't, I don't really belong yeah. in it because I don't fit in very well. Yeah. And I look at that, and I see that the vast majority of people in the UK are living in this comfort zone. And this comfort zone is a false prison in my mind. It's, it's commercialism pushed down their throats because everybody's happy with that particular form of, of, of entrapment. Um, so they've got to have the next car. We're in this consumer, I say we, that people, the, the vast majority of people in this country in this consumerist prison, I call it, where they have to keep working to keep paying the bills, the mortgage and, 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 and to buy all the, the credit cards, all the stuff they've got. Three weeks, four weeks without salary or a month or two without salary, they're bankrupt. They've lost everything. Yeah. Um, and yet they know that they're not as happy as they could be, but they're not prepared to take the risks that they would have to take in order to achieve that thing that they've always wanted. You wanted to have your radio station. You were probably quite fortunate in that your business allowed you and your wife's income allowed you to do Correct. that. Correct. Correct. Uh, yeah, very, very fortunate. Very fortunate. But I would imagine if you hadn't have been in that situation, you would have found a way where you were maybe working four days on the business and right. four on the radio. You, you would have made it work because that's what you want to do and you were prepared to take yeah, that risk to go and do it. And I say that to people who want to start a business up there, but they're in that comfort zone of not wanting to leave the corporate world or the regular Wincombe. Well, okay, turn the TV off, stop watching Love Island and the football <laughs> matches and the, and the boxing matches and get off the Xbox or whatever the crap you're doing. Get out of the pub and spend Saturday and Sunday working on your business. You know, oh, if that's... Yeah. 
physical do it if or or is it is it something you can do digitally online do it in the morning when you got up early or whatever but don't tell me you've not got time to work on it because you've got time if you want to if you're really passionate about it, excuse me doing it and that's why yeah definitely that's why i do yeah i'd find what find another way of still producing it it might take you a bit longer to get there but if you're into that safety net option that's the great way of doing it unless you've got a load of cash or you've got you know, some other way of doing it then, and you don't want to leave that, then do it. You can do it in another way. And yeah. You always, always find a different way. There's always a different way absolutely. to do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think one of the things you wanted to talk about was that up to that point and everything was ticking over nicely and the, and the stroke and it had the stroke and then the brain surgery mm. totally changed things for me. And it's totally changed where I'm at and what I'm doing to be fair. Okay. Well, I think it would. I don't think anybody can go through that. And that's, that's really the whole point of the post. You, uh, the whole podcast is based on that, is that you, you could have just turned around and gone, well, look, I've had a stroke. Um, now I'm infirm, so I can go, you know, either insurance or sick or you know, benefits, whatever, and gone down that route rather than keep doing what you're doing. You know, and, and you're saying, you know, you carried on going, feeling very tired, thought that you were just a bit tired, then found out actually, you know, it was a stroke. Um, it's quite a serious issue to go through, um, mm. but that that idea of plodding on is is again it's that not everybody has that you know and and I again I've looked at it over the years probably over the last seven years um, certainly since the the, the my, my first wife and I split up and and I've looked at it because it, it, it's never it's not about upbringing so it's not about how you were brought up that makes people survive. Um, or thrive it's not about um, what it was that happened you know th there are people that have been through far less than what you've been through and given up um, there are people that have been through an awful lot more and carried on you know and, and, yeah. and trying to trying to narrow down what is the what, what is the thing that makes some people thrive and say excuse my French but screw this I'm going to go and be a better person because of it um, and what is it that makes some people go, oh, it's all too much, I can't cope anymore. And for me, it has to be mindset. The only thing, the only stone that I can't turn over to look under is mindset because I'm not a psychologist. Um, so in my own way, this podcast is, is designed to speak to as many people as possible that have been through shit. Um, you know, you, your corporate life came to a, a, a fairly sudden end because of outside influences and your dyslexia. Um, you tackled that in a, in a fairly... Um, brave if we use that term way mm. um, you created your own business which isn't easy um, but you're successful it's running well realize that you know based on a conversation it's not what you wanted to be doing so you changed again and that all those things a lot of people would have gone yeah i'll just stick with it because you know i'm not doing very yeah. well the people are up so if i just stay where i'm at now sort of pseudo retirement in that they're not they're not chasing anything anymore. They're just saying, okay, this is where I am. I'll put up with this now and, 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 and just be comfortable. You know, you, and you, you fought that um, despite the setbacks, despite the illnesses, despite the rest of it, um, or because of it. Yeah, a bit of both. And I think, I think underlying it with, with because of it. Yeah, David, you keep it, you keep hitting me and I'll keep getting up and I'll keep getting up and I keep, I don't care. I'll just keep getting up. that just, as we said, stupidity or dumbness? Are we just too? Are we just too stupid to stop and give up, or is it? Uh, what, no, what? Because, no, because I believe, I believe, I believe, 
I believe I've got, I've got, I've got, I want to do, I've, just, I've got stuff to do. I've things to change and things to, to, it's, and I think one of the things, the mindset is of all the comfort zones and the people doing it is, is money. If you are motivated by cash and how right. much money you were earning, as soon as you, and I talk about this a lot, as soon as you hit a hurdle, you'll give up because it's the money. money yeah. it's, it's a meaningless thing, your money. But if you're passionate about, and that's why you'll get people, why do people go to the, the Congo or wherever they go and, and, and look after people for nothing? Why do they do it? Why do people volunteer? Why do people volunteer? Why have I got something like 15 presenters who present radio shows and don't get paid a penny? Why do they do it? They must be off their heads, yeah? Why do they come and spend the time and, and promote the station? Because... They're not doing it for the money. They're doing it because they're passionate about it. Yeah, I'm driven. I'm driven by something that tra that that goes past financial gain. Yes, I, I, I charge people money for stuff I do because, unfortunately, I've got to charge people to put money on the food on the table and support the farm. So I, I want to charge. I have to charge people. I have to do stuff for gainful employment. But that's not what's driving me. The, what's driving me. Bitter experience. If you do do it for free and help people for free, a um, they don't appreciate it and probably don't put the effort in they should. And B, they You're never correct. thank you for it. After. Very, very few of them thank you for it afterwards. And I've done, I've done lots of free stuff. So I do, I do free stuff in school. I speak in public speaking at school for a, a charity. I do it because I want to change someone's life in that classroom. I want to make a difference. Absolutely. And yeah, and, that, and that's why I do what I do. And what, what, what I look at the illnesses or the incidents that I had last year, and I've took some really positives out of the, those incidents and took some real good positives out of it. And I've had the stroke, which was caused by some, I won't go into the details, but stress. It wasn't food related, it was stress related stroke. If I had not had that stroke last year, which at the time seemed terrible, right. I wouldn't have had a brain scan and found out I'd got a tumor on my skull, which is not, not cancerous. It's been removed. But that that wouldn't have happened. And I could have been six, 12 months, two years down the line, something growing into my head starts affecting me and eventually kills me. So that bad instance turned into how, all these bad incidents happen to you. How can you turn around? How, what's the positives out of them? Yeah. The other positive was, and at the time, you don't see it potentially as positive. So from having the operation in October, I thought I'd be okay after about a week. After having the, I'm going to be back to normal because he's just going to do a bit and slides me open, sticks me up, everything's going to replace it with everything, Everything's going to be fine. Yeah, I, I, I mean, why going? Are you off your broker? I, I was even talking about going on my motorcycle on an event that I normally do uh, two weeks after, and someone was going to take me, and she went. You won't put your head, be able to put your helmet. I'll be fine. I'll be two weeks after. I'll be all right. Honestly, I'm not sad. I'll be fine after two weeks. That was really frustrating for me because it's took me over four months to actually start to feel normal, whatever that is, right? So from October right through to the start of January, I had a very little time window in the day. I didn't want to do any shows. I didn't want to talk to anybody. People would ring me up and I'd be probably quite abrasive to a lot of people so my brother's going shove off i don't want to talk to you i'm too meds full cat i didn't want to i didn't want to communicate with anyone my wife wanted to take me out of the house because she thought i was getting stir crazy and i was quite happy sat on the couch watching tv which i never do during the day and just pottering around the house doing a few odd jobs sitting down watch a bit of telly because i had no energy and after major surgery you've got no energy so i, I didn't want to do so what it forced me to do is I was still wanting to do stuff. So in the morning, I probably spent a couple of hours looking at the radio station, looking at what we was producing, looking at where we was in terms of 
what was putting out there and it made me change a few things thinking actually that works we should be doing that why we're not doing that instead of this so for as great example and you've been on our podcasting course we used to we put everything onto a system called Mixcloud, and it's a podcasting thing and then we share those shows out so people glist on demand i'm like why why are we not putting that on our own systems why is that not on our website so we've turned the, those podcasts which were just out there yeah hey, listen to my podcast no one might not be you know what i mean it's like you're not generating any a reason for people to listen to it other than the people that are already listening to it so put it onto our website create a bit of interest put a playlist on there that you've played on the show put some information about it and then you generated a sort of mini blog and a podcast together so and that's why i call them pod blogs so we start to drive traffic to the website and what is it that people need out there so it, it made me it forced me forced me because i wouldn't have done it otherwise it forced me to stop what do we need to do what should we do different again if i switch my podcasting health and put my business disruptor cap on on that that is the one thing that most business owners never do hmm got to stop it's something that you never normally do as a business owner you're too busy running it so but that, that's everybody from restaurant owners to you know, printers and, and whoever, I had all sorts of different clients on, on, on that system. So for, for, it's a horrible thing that happened to you, but the benefit, again, you're looking at the positives in that, the benefit was you sat down and looked at podcasting in a different way and what is it that we do and how do we do it? And that's created almost a new opportunity for you in terms of revenue generation. Mm. Yeah, well, I definitely do a different way of looking at it. And that's what I started doing in January. And I, I, um, I stopped networking, 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 because I physically couldn't go and for, for, other, for, for a number of other reasons. Um, but I needed a physical interaction. So what I started doing, I started looking around and going, actually, I've got a studio. I used to, I used to do, I do a lot of podcasting this, you know, remotely, right. and training in a classroom. I thought, I'm missing a trick here. I should be training people in my studio it's fully equipped so i started doing that in january started training people one-to-one because not everyone wants to go into a classroom so and then i teach them everything that i've done over the last few few years but specifically the last few months where i've gone well actually if you if you go onto this platform and you put it here and you put it on your website and you do this with it you're generating more focus on you and you've got more of a product to pump out there to people and um, more opportunities from it. So that's what it's allowed me to do is go, actually, where's the other, what, you, what equipment have you got? Where are you working? What can you do differently? And I get the interaction and I treat it as a one-to-one. So I treat it as a mini networking point of view as well as an understanding. So it, it, the, all, those, all that garbage that's happened to me over my lifetime, and I do this in public school, has actually got to me to where I am today, doing what I'm doing today. And it's influenced that in one way, shape or form. And, and, um, and that's the message that I want. If there's one message that comes out of this podcast, I, I, I want this to be appealing to people that are either wanting to break out of the comfort zone that they're in, or people that are in a shitty situation right now thinking that there's no upside to this. Because you sitting there having had a stroke, that was pretty bad. Oh, actually, you might have cancer and you're probably gonna die. That's, that's pretty raw and emotional. You could see it, you could hear it in your voice and see it in, 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 in your body language change when you're talking about it. Um, yet now, looking back, you don't sit there and think about all the happy days and all the good things that happened. You look at those bad things and say, okay, well, that shaped me into what I am now because I had no choice but to carry on. And 
it, it became what it was because of those things, not despite those things. Yeah. Stop things for a few months, but what it did also did, it, I was, everything was just starting to build. If you remember, I was talking about before, before those incidents, it's meant between, yes, I've got some different ways of working, but from June last year in 2019 to Christmas 2019 or January 2019, I was doing no business development. I wasn't out there promoting myself because I didn't want to do it because physically couldn't and I couldn't face it. So I get to Christmas 2019 and goes, oh my God, Where's it? what's happened? Yeah, yeah. what's happened? Yeah, what we're going to do differently? Again. You're almost starting again, aren't you? You start, I've started again, it is basically starting, virtually starting from scratch, but with a lot more knowledge and understanding. So hopefully it means you can move to a point a lot quicker than you would have done from i'm not we're not starting from zero are we? we're not starting from zero i was going to say that's that's another important point that that i don't want to highlight is that once you've walked those steps so you set up a business or you do whatever and then you lose everything which i've done twice um when when you come back to it okay yours was a was a medical issue and and, and you lost time because of that when you come back to it you don't forget those steps mm. You know that, okay, we did this, then we did that, then that happened, and we needed to do this. So you remember that. That's in there. That's part of your DNA now. So when you come back to it, it should take a lot less time to replicate. And, and you, because you've already walked those stairs, you know where you're going. It's a lot easier. You know, if you, if you ever do that, you go somewhere the first time. When you go back again, you think, oh, it didn't take us long to get here this time. Yeah, exactly. It's when you go somewhere, it takes you ages to get somewhere new, like you're going yeah. visiting. And yeah. when you come back, you think, that was quick. Uh, but that's the whole point. Yeah. That's yeah. Mentally, when you've been through those steps, you come back to it. Like, um, but I know what it takes. I know what I have to do. I know how I have to do it. And there are shortcuts because you've already walked that way. You know where the shortcuts are. That, that will come through over the next six to 12 months for you guys. I've no doubt about that. Yeah, and I think also it does when you when you run out of time when you run out, you look time limited and you look and go. I mean, we had there's four, there's you know there's a few of us on the station that that pull everything together, and I was like, if it's not this, 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 and this, we're not talking about it. We're not doing it. It's irrelevant. It doesn't drive us forward. When 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 you get to a point where you run out of physical time or physical energy, then you, it makes you realise that the energy when you've got it, you need to focus on the stuff that's important, that's driving you forward, that's helping you, that's part of your part of your trans, you know, part of your journey. It's part the 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 best phrase I've heard on that recently is, if it's not hell yeah, then it's no. <laughs> yeah exactly oh let me think yeah, about it. that's a brilliant idea we definitely need that then it's a, if it's a uh, no because other people look at what you're doing and go well you should be doing this why don't you do this it's big i think you should be well yeah fantastic but no not doing? at the moment what are you doing <laughs> that's my first question to them what are you doing and people think it's not what we're doing it's, in some respects it doesn't make it doesn't make sense does it, it doesn't make but it does make sense it doesn't make sense means it makes sense because you're doing something different Summing up, basically, having, having had a, a great corporate life, um, getting to a point where things were unpleasant and, and, and affecting your health and everything, you took a very brave decision. Um, I know you don't like the term, yeah. um, but to go and do something completely different. And that, you know, we sort of, sort of glossed over that a bit. You know, I went and set up my own company. I know what it takes to go and set up your own company. I've, I've worked with hundreds of, of, of clients that have gone off to set up their own company. 
and it isn't easy by any stretch of the imagination. You know, the loneliness, the did I make the right decisions, the the, the stress over finance, all those bits and pieces. Um, that that even when you're successful, you worry that it's all going to fall apart, or it could all. Fall oh yeah, apart. yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So you've gone through that, and then you decided you wanted to start doing your radio stuff. So again, fortunately, you're in a position where you could do that and, and, and not impact on the. Um, you know, the, the, the family um, in a bad way. But then all this medical shit happened to you and, and you know, in the middle of growing your, your radio station, it all goes to shit again. And, and again, you, you, I think you said it, you keep hitting me, I'll keep getting back up. My, my walkout song when I used to speak was always um, tub thumping. Uh, I get knocked down, I get back up again, you'll never keep me down. And it, it sounds a bit arrogant sometimes, but there's no other choice but to get back up again for me. You know, the, 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 I, I, why, why would I want to stay down? There is no benefit in being down, being comfortable or being, you know, I, when I was in Chile, um, it was a very short story, but I went over to Chile, boy was being born over there, my son, I went over for the birth, um, lost my company while I was there, the, the, the long story why that happened. Um, but couldn't just, my visas were frozen in. So as soon as they shut the company down, my visas are canceled. As soon as they shut down your visas, because it's all linked electronically, your bank accounts are frozen. So I couldn't get back to Saudi to fix the problem because I was stuck in Chile. So it scraped yeah. some stuff together, did some work teaching CEOs how to speak English for business better, um, made enough money to get out of Chile, got to the airport with my daughter, and they said, you can leave, but she can't. We have to put her into a children's home. You're talking about it's my daughter um she's english i'm english her mother's not chilean we're getting on the plane no you're not um so I lost the money that i paid for the flights i had to get my bags taken off the flight um had to get a taxi back to my um then wife's uh, mum's house where she was living um and go what the hell do i do i can't leave the country so a two-year legal battle ensued during which time i was basically homeless um, a friend put us up in his summer cabin, otherwise we, we, we were homeless. Um, and then I ended up setting up a hedge fund, as you do, um, and ended up renting the house that I, I was living in a wooden shack with my, with my then wife and two kids, had an outside toilet. We were living in that on the verge of being homeless. And then I ended up renting the whole house because I, because what other option was there for me? There's no welfare state in Chile where I was living. There's no, there was no magic fairy godmother to come in and take me away there's no reset button like on the sega you know atari whatever playstation i, I had to work my way out of the problem and i've been a victim just before that yeah. that's cool well, wonderful right. well it's been great to be on your show